Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby Cake Podcast, episode three fifty four, four fifty four, I believe. Um, so that with not much conviction, but I think that's right. Um, Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. Uh, we are always on the socials, uh, tapping the keg. Uh, for me on Twitter and Tabby Cake Sports, Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, and Mitch Ross MKE on both the Instagram and the Twitter. So make sure you're giving us follows, rate, review, subscribe, you know the deal. We're going to talk about trade measuring, trade measure contest. I'll get to it. It's fun. Uh, talk about Kyrie's impact now that he can play, how that affects the Bucks, and your Brewers watch list for the 2022 season. Before we get started, Mitchie, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing doing well, Charlie. Thank you for, for that uh, inquiring mind of yours. Of course. I mean, we always um, gotta we gotta always check in with the, with the Mitch Meister before we before we get going on podcasts. Like that's that's number one. And usually you're you have something to bitch about. Usually, sometimes you're just feeling good. Usually, it's because the Bucks have had a big win. Um, but you know, so we just got to do a status check. We just got to make sure you're feeling all right. Yeah, I mean, doing pretty good. Took care of business against the Bulls on uh, Tuesday night. So. I'm um, just waiting for the for the next one coming up tonight, which you know we'll see who sits, who doesn't, <laughs> yeah. what the what they what they want to do. Um, but yeah, we're 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 in the home stretch, and we'll we'll get into it here shortly. So I don't want to sure. derail it right away. But all I will say is, uh, my father-in-law took me to the game uh, yesterday, and yeah. bless his heart, that was nice of him. Appreciated it, but. Um, there's been kind of a bug going around the Johnson house and he got it. And then everybody else got it. So I'm just like, I'm kind of waiting to see if how my immune system is going to react. Cause I'm just waiting for waiting for that other shoe to drop. So we'll see. So hopefully I'm not okay. on the, on the couch all weekend, but, um, we'll see. And it's not his fault. Like it wasn't, he didn't know, you know what I mean? It's hard with those things. So I'm not, I'm not blaming him and whatever. I got to see an awesome Bucks game. So, and got the jockey club. Have you ever done the jockey club, by the way? Have you ever been inside that? I have not been inside it, but I, I can imagine what it is. It's nice. It's yeah, it's they, uh, it's very uh, luxurious. So you feel like you're, but it's not necessarily like over the top. Like it's, I just didn't know it existed. Like I didn't know that that was in like the middle of like, basically like, the the middle of like the lower bowl there like i had no idea that was that was a thing so that was brand new to me um but yeah it was not bad yeah that's outside of my my tax bracket so <laughs> well um, we were we were there as guests so it was uh see it's out of mine as well so it's uh he it was told to me that it was just for the courtside people and then they get it because of some partnership they have with the bucks uh so that was uh that was how it all all went down Sure. So, cool. but yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into uh, tape measure trade measuring contests. Uh, this is obviously in regards to the Tyree Kill trade that went down today. Uh, Tyree Kill dealt to the Miami Dolphins for five picks. So immediately, the Green Bay Packer fans, as they like to do, can't help themselves. Why didn't the Packers get more picks? Why didn't the Packers trade for Tyree Kill? Um, all of the stuff kind of went out. And so I was kind of thinking about it and, it. and really what this all is, is it's a just 
one big old dick measuring contest. And you know how it goes. You have a friend who might get one house, but then that other friend gets a bigger house. And, or maybe it's a TV. One friend gets one TV. Another friend just is like, fuck it. I'm going to go 20 inches bigger. And it's like this continual competition that we, I feel like more men have it than women. Um, but it just feels like fans just never are, are satisfied. And it felt like Pinhead Nation was out in full force uh, for the Green Bay Packers tonight. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's, it's, um, well, I think it comes from the Packers probably could have gotten more for Devontae Adams. Um, you know, and it's, it's obviously a nuanced conversation because, Yes, in a vacuum, Devontae Adams is probably worth more than a first and a second. But, you know, every situation is different. Every team has different, you know, plans. I think the Packers, you know, probably were in a situation where they gave Devontae kind of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And they had probably not as much leverage as the Chiefs had with Tyreek Hill um, to send him to Miami, who – Incidentally, Miami's kind of a notorious, you know, poorly run organization. Yes. I mean, they haven't been good for, you know, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, really ever. I mean, they haven't been really good in 50 years probably. But, um, you know, so I, I think that they were trying to do a solid for De- Devontae and get him where he wanted to go, sort of free up some money to bring in some other guys that maybe they're more market price. And um, also, you know, get a first and a second in this year's draft and potentially – you know, add to their team, uh, a team that is the Packers, that is a team that is ready to go for the Super Bowl again. And with Rodgers back in the fold, they, they probably are looking at it at this, at this point in time, that is, unless they, you know, trade or, or do something, you know, with, with those picks. But, you know, if they take, if they take Chris Olave at the end of the first round, you know, I'm guessing they probably expect him to come in and contribute right away. Yep. And um, with a first round pick now, you know, we can debate all day whether or not the Packers are going to do that or whether they should do that. Um, there's still people out there that think they needed to take, you know, line offensive or defensive line help more than a receiver. I tend to disagree with that um, because their, their receiving core is, you know, Mosin EJV level right now, <laughs> uh, yeah. if you ask me. So, yeah. um, you know, if they were to play a game today, I think they'd, they'd be in trouble. Now, Aaron Rodgers tends to have an ability to, you know, make guys make guys look better than they are and, you know, put guys in position to succeed a little better than some other quarterbacks do. But um, yeah, I think it just comes, comes down to could the Packers have gotten more, of course, but, um, and they probably should have, they, they, they could have played hardball so, with Devontae, right? So, okay. So here's the thing though, like these, at this point, Packers have four picks in the top 60. First and second rounders are usually guys that are the premier athletes of the Mm -hmm. draft. Yes, you can find gems. Yes, there are the David Bakhtiaris. Yes, there are the Aaron Jones. But for every Mm -hmm. David Bakhtiari, there's a DJ Williams. And for every Aaron Jones, there's a Sam Barrington. Okay? So, like, it's not not guaranteed. And there are more Barringtons and DJ Williams than there are Bakhtiaris and Jones. In the first and second round, you have a higher hit rate. You look at what Brian Gunacoust has done in the first and second rounds, and he's been nearly flawless. He hasn't really missed in those rounds. 
And so I look at this and say, all right, would I have rather had a bunch, you know, one first and then like a third, fourth and a fifth? I don't know. I don't know how you want to qualify it. I don't think so. Like I, I have a feeling and people can say I'm crazy. You can say I'm crazy, Mitch. I think the Packers know exactly what the fuck they're doing. I think there is a plan on paper. I think this is calculated. I think there is a, they have something in mind. And I think it has something to do with moving into the middle of the first round. I think they know they have a guy, whether it's a lineman, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a, I think that would really be it. I don't think they draft a safety. I don't think they can move all the way up for like Kyle Hamilton. But like, what if Evan Neal from Alabama, there's a bunch of tackles, right? What if one of those guys starts falling? What Charles Cross from Mississippi State starts falling? And it's like 10 or 11. And then you're like, all right, we actually have the draft capital now to move up to the 11th spot. The Kansas City Chiefs do not have that with their with what they've got. And I understand like the sum of all parts, sure. But again, that goes back to the hit rate is less and less as you get further down in the draft. There's more, there's more of a high variance that someone could bust or not, not really work out the way you want them to. Yeah. I think for me, I, I would have wanted to get like maybe one more asset for Devante, whether okay. that's, whether that's um, a pick in 2023, you know, maybe a second or third or something like that, or another player, maybe from, from the Raiders, you know, I know I said in our group chat, Brian Edwards, I just, you know, he's not very good. I mean, he, but he's, he's only, he only played two years in the NFL and six, three, two fifteen. I mean, a kind of a similar, I guess, build to Devante. I, I mean, you know, just, just for, just to have another body. Cause I, I don't, like I said, I don't really trust what they have at the moment, but again, we do have a, we do have quite a ways to go right now. Well, some of the, some of, some of the receiver uh, free agents at the moment are, are not very appetizing. Um, no. But, you know, there's, there's some, some smoke out there with the Packers in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and, whether that's and not, not the, the most trustworthy source, but I mean, I well, just a random guy, but it's not Jordan Schultz level bad, but it's, <laughs> it was sad to see, by the way, that that guy made it on Dan Patrick show today. I was like, fuck, what are we doing here, Dan? I know Dan's kind of past his prime, but Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> just as an aside, but. Yeah, I don't know, so man. I mean, they may, they may, they may ultimately work something out with Seattle. I think that'd be wonderful. Um, I guess I'd rather have DK Metcalf because he's just so much. I think just a much higher ceiling than Tyler Lockett at this point. Yeah, um, we have a I, lot. I just think of, that we they, have a lot of Tyler Lockett's on the team. Right. right. They, they, they need. They need to find. I think they have, especially if MBS does come back. Um, they have. I think the sort of the over the top guy covered now they need to find that kind of i mean possession receiver kind of has a negative connotation but. i think a physical a physical like dominant receiver um because yeah. dk is a mix of a, a possession guy as well as a vertical guy well and he's, a, he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's probably the best athlete in the nfl yeah he's a freak he's just a complete freak he he would be basically what Randy Moss would be when the Packers were trying to maybe trade for Randy Moss. Probably not really, but Brett Favre was trying to engineer a trade for Randy Moss mm-hmm. in 2007. That would be the closest thing 
that I think well, you can compare it to. And I think we've learned that. I mean, Goody is way different than Ted yeah. Thompson. Oh yeah, was. no, yeah, it's it's totally different. Let me I ask. Mean, how you. would how so, would Ted handle the last twelve months? I mean, oh, good I, lord. I, I, you know what? That is actually it would it would it, first of all it wouldn't have gotten to this point probably. Yeah. Can we can we can we put a pin in that comment because or a pin in that topic because that's like a great like Bucks have already won their second title. It's like middle of July. Like that is such an awesome like middle of July topic. Like we just need to bury that, put it in a note, and just make sure we do it because no, you're right. It's totally different. It's entirely different. Who knows, right? He might have shipped Rogers off last year. Oh, you're unhappy? You're out. Who cares? Um, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, what I was going to ask you about DK, it, would you be comfortable if you're the Packers trading Jordan Love to Seattle for like the Jordan Love, the 28th pick for DK? That's probably too much, right? That seems like it's too much. Or um, is it? I don't know. I don't, I'm terrible with evaluating NFL, NFL draft, like, or yeah, NFL so I, because- trades. A first round pick in the NFL is gold. Um, I know. Regardless of, you know, whether it's late, you know, because just the, the draft is so important in the NFL and it is in every other sport too, but um, that's tough. I mean, and that's, and you know, it's not up to me, but wow. I mean, that's, I guess you'd hate to trade Jordan Love to a, to a rival and right. ha- have him kick your ass down the road. Mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've seen enough from Jordan Love to make me feel like that's likely, but we also haven't seen enough. So, you know, that's, I guess that'd be selling high on Jordan Love for sure. And yeah. um, throwing that first in there, I'm just trying to think if there's a, if there's a similar deal that's happened. I no, mean, there really isn't. I mean, I don't DK DK is only what is he's gone like in his third or fourth year, third fourth year? year. And he's and the problem is he's a free agent next year. So if you're like, all right, this is a one-time like thing. If you really think DK is going to be around for one year, you can't offer more than a third round pick and say like, we're not going to resign him. Like maybe we will, but we right now don't know what our cap looks like. And we're just, you know, even as I say, the cap's fake, like you still have to obviously have a construct of the cap and then manipulate it from there. And yeah, but DK, even if you were going to sign DK long-term, it makes more sense than honestly a guy like Devonte Adams. Cause a, he's not going to make as much as Devonte and he's in his 26th year of life versus 30th. And that mm-hmm. is like basically the prime of your career. And if Aaron and DK work together and all this shit, then yeah, you'd probably see DK get a contract, but I don't know. That's to me where I'd look at it and say, I don't know if I could give up not only Jordan Love, but like a first round pick for it as well. I maybe could talk me into a second. And if you were going to add Jordan on there, I think then you get more into like the third and then you start because the the player is worth, there is a weighted for Jordan Love. You know, there really is. Yeah. DK Metcalf wouldn't turn 25 until like the end of next season. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then yeah, that you're right. That's, that's even more, it's even more interesting. That's even more sort of like there is a, some real opportunity there with, with that contract. It's super friendly. It's a, and the age part is really intriguing. And I, that's where I just, I think everybody wants to like overreact immediately. Like we're so like accustomed to doing that and in everything, 
in every sport, in every, every little topic. It's like immediately like the Packers aren't contenders because they don't have Devontae Adams. It's like, can we fucking wait till like July to make that commentary? Can we look and see, can we just poke our heads up and say, all right, here's what the landscape looks like. Here's what it's going to be. Okay. And then, because yeah. right now, the, well, NFC, the NFC looks like the at the old Eastern Conference in the NBA. Like, it, it's not pretty. I was going to say, I mean, unfortunately, regarding your, you know, overreaction comment, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money to give their opinion on oh, things. I know. And oh. they, they have to go off of what they see. So, you yeah, know, I, I, we're... We're, we're in that group, I suppose. Sure. Right, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw Stephen A. today, and I don't know if you saw this, but Stephen A. was saying that LaFleur has basically rode Aaron Rodgers' coattails and that LaFleur isn't really that good of a coach. And I'm just like, I, I of course I got no. mad. Of course I got mad about it because that motherfucker knows, knows how to bread, butter his bread. Like, that's why he gets paid the massive bucks <laughs> at ESPN because he yeah. knows how to get under your skin and you're like, but I don't, do you agree well, with Stephen A? the stupid thing about I that. Think, the, I think, stupid, are you, do, you, do you agree with Stephen A or no? Well, I was going to say the stupid thing about that is you, know, you really have no evidence of that. Yeah. Um, well, so Stephen A's point, so to, to recap for those who missed it, Stephen A was like in the, he, the fourth down, he didn't go for it, took it out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. That was his first example. Second example was the special teams, and he did nothing to fix the special teams, and that he's the coach, and so he should be able to wave his magic wand and, and fix the special teams. Well, yeah, but you're probably not going to fire your special teams coordinator at week 12. No. Um, Unfortunately, and, yeah, go ahead. And, I mean, you know, you, you had the one game with Jordan Love. and. Yeah but he had four days to prepare. Mm-hmm. It and, wasn't and like he was, he, he had, he's had a full or half a season and now, yeah, you know, I mean, and he was in Arrowhead. It wasn't Lambeau field. I'm convinced that Jordan love wins that Seahawks game in Lambeau. If Rogers had to miss another game because of COVID, I definitely think love would have won that game. Like I, I just think would have a full week been in Lambeau. I think he would have won that game. And I, I think Stephen A was a little reckless because I'm like, all right, the fourth down thing, yeah, he got tight. I think he just, you know, unfortunately, it was something I'd worried about because he was a young coach. He hadn't been there before, and young coaches sometimes make dumb mistakes, all right? And then they never kind of do it again, or they adjust. Yeah. You know, look at where we've come with Mike Budenholzer, right? Like, we all wanted to run butt out of town. They were fire butt fucking avatars. All this shit. And now I think Bud's kind of revered, honestly. Um, Um, Yeah. At least least for now, right? Until he fucks something up. And then it's like, well, Bud, the the kind of the consensus I'm getting about P.J. Tucker is that I don't think Bud really liked P.J. Tucker. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's going to be used against Bud if the Bucs don't make it to the finals. But anyways, um, that's a, just a take that I, I'm I've got, I'm just kind of sitting on. I haven't fully baked it yet. It's kind of just like I have the ingredients of a take. I'm just kind of throwing little things in. You know, we're getting a little dash of this, dash of that. That's kind of where I'm at with that one. But uh, we're off the track now. 
So basically what I'm saying is like, I don't know, it's too soon to judge that. And yeah, it's the hot take world, man. And so, well, and I think, I think the pushback to your, you know, LaFleur, you know, is still learning is that, you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be a head coach then if he doesn't. Oh, but, oh, well now, well now, yes, this was two, this was the Tampa year. This is year two. Now I yeah. think he has more than enough experience to understand what it takes. And I think he just, he, him and Aaron, whatever they need to do in the playoffs to make sure that Aaron doesn't let those demons creep back in. And how, yeah, but how, I, I mean, I mean more, I think people would say, well, if you're an NFL head coach, you should, you should be experienced enough that from day one, essentially you should, you should have, you know, knowledge, you know, front to back of the rule book and, and that, that type of stuff. There should be no, but I, I get it. Like there's, that's not really the, the world we live in, you know, well, this, like, isn't, look at, this isn't the eighties anymore or the nineties. No, where totally. But like, it's look a, at even, it's a nine, 70 year old coaches left and right. Sure. But like, look at Sean McVay, right? Like Sean McVay was in, I forget how long he was the Rams coach when they were in their first Super Bowl. He got absolutely taken to school by Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. absolutely owned his ass. I have to think that's a young coach. And he said it much like I fucked up. Like I didn't do a good job there. And he learned from it. You learn from your mistakes in everything yeah. and in this too. So we'll see what happens with this whole Tyree kill in the Green Bay and Devontae Adams. They're unfortunately going to be hand in hand. The Chiefs picks, the Packers picks, everybody will compare the two. They shouldn't. It's all different, but it doesn't matter because that's that's just I mean the world wild we that 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 I can't believe that you know I can't believe he got traded and just like Devontae. I mean it's like I, the NFL. I, first of all, Tyree Kill in Miami sounds like one of the worst ideas of all time. Just straight up, like I yeah I don't really like that for him. Um, just I don't. He has a lot of like if you're like who would you buy stock in to be the next Antonio Brown? I would put like a lot of money on Tyreek Hill a lot. Yeah. And, and then, so like, I think the chiefs were like, we don't want to pay this fucking guy. And they were like, all right, we're just going to Mahomes will figure this out. We'll get it. You know, we'll, we'll make sure that he has what it takes from a, from a wide receiver perspective. And we'll just kind of move forward. And they have still crazy how the, the NFL has turned into the NBA basically oh, over yeah. the last year yep. or two. How oh, it's just shit just goes wild. And right. um and it has. And you know the and this is a whole podcast, but like just, just the whole insider landscape culture, if you will, of drumming things up. And I the Tyreek Hill stuff was certainly I think out of left field. But, yeah, they kept um, it. They kept it really quiet. I think it was really, really quiet. And but it, been, it, it all it, it's all good for business, though. Is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, totally. I mean, everybody's getting rich off. You know, insiders blowing shit out of proportion, and then the talking heads do their thing, and the insiders come on that show and build their brand, and then it's good for the NFL because it gets right. people talking and keeps the NFL in the news cycle every fucking day. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, and then it's, it's hilarious to see people who, you know, probably don't pay as much attention to the NBA, you know, start saying stuff like, uh, take notes, other sports and how the NFL. And it's like, 
you know, this is a Tuesday for the NBA. I mean, it's like <laughs> all the drama and shit is, you know, it, 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 it overshadows the product on the court for sure. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, which isn't really the case in the NFL. Um, so they have that going for them, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's all good for business. The NFL doesn't care. They love no. it. No, they, they are, they, they own it, man. They're, they're in, in terms of this is a big, big dollar business. And I don't think it's done. Like you still have Baker Mayfield out there. They have to figure that out. Um, maybe Jordan Love, you have all the draft stuff. That's going to be a huge deal. My dad made a case that the, that baseball should start after the NFL draft. He's like, you've lost this time of year, like this time of year, no one gives a fuck about baseball. I know we're going to talk about baseball later. He's a huge baseball fan, but he's like, no one cares right now about baseball. You know, they care about, they care about basketball. Then they'll care about golf for a weekend. And then it's NFL draft. And then probably then it's like, okay, we'll do baseball as like a, uh, was secondary option to whether you're watching the NHL or the NBA playoffs. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Um, I, I think the baseball owners would love to start later. Oh yeah. But it's just, it's tough to do that and keep the financial viability mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, it's, 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 an, it's an outdoor sport, sport that's not played in the elements that it's the boys of summer. Cause if you, if you don't start until, you know, the another month the end of april or beginning of may you know you're looking at you know oh yeah world, Se- world series well, in december well you're looking at a world series that's not necessarily in the home ballpark and it's like it's like it's like the super bowl where it's just hosted by one or two places which is disgusting to think about you know what i mean and that won't happen in baseball because it's way too much of a regional sport yeah, absolutely not. There'd be no 0.0% chance that would, that would ever work or anything like that. But yeah, I think, I think it's just one of those things where it's just football owns, man. It's crazy. And that's why we're talking about it. And we'll see, we'll see next week. You know, you never know. It's going to be a whole new, whole new topic uh, next week down the pipeline, but we'll have to see. Yep. One of the other big stories uh, today and kind of a long lasting impact that'll affect our Milwaukee Bucks potentially is that Kyrie Irving is now able to play in New York. Uh, conveniently, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, a uh, big time power broker, uh, donated $1.5 million. That's a million to uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York's campaign. Wouldn't you know it right before the Mets get started this season, the vaccine mandate comes off for entertainers and athletes. Convenient, mm-hmm. uh, some would say. So now Kyrie can play. Um, I would imagine the hype for the game against Charlotte, I think they play on Saturday, will be very large. So I, I'm not saying that I am worried about anybody. I've, I'm on the record of scared to go to church. But I, from an impact, from a contender perspective, what does this do for Brooklyn? Is it? Is it realistic that Brooklyn could potentially get the six and maybe, you know, be a potential second round matchup for the Bucs saying the Bucs get a, get a two seed? Well, I, I, I think it is. I mean, I think Brooklyn always is going to be <laughs> a tough out, even 
if Kyrie was only playing on the road games. Um, you know, they're not without Ben Simmons. Um, they don't scare me as much regardless, regardless. Yeah. If they had, if they had Simmons and Kyrie and, you know, then you're talking, I think they match up pretty well with the Bucks, better than, you know, without Simmons. But now, I mean, as it is right now, I think the Bucks match up pretty well with, with them um, because you have, Holiday and Kyrie, I one would think. Yeah. You know, last year we were having the debate of who's going to guard Kyrie, who's going to guard Harden, you know, all yep. that type of stuff. And you know, we don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, the emergence of Javon Carter, I think, provides another. Um, you know, basically, Kyrie is going to see a good defender. Yeah, and you can, and you can also go small, and we saw that small ball lineup against. Uh, Utah in the close with Carter and Holiday plus Brooke Lopez, you can run that lineup against Brooklyn because they have Seth Curry. And I know he has an ankle injury yeah. right now, but like you can run that lineup. Like that's a lineup you can put out there and go pretty damn small and, and still be really successful. Yeah. I, I just, I, I do worry against Brooklyn. We haven't really done anything to replace PJ Tucker on Durant. Yes. Yes. Now I know that I know that you look at the numbers and Durant was amazing, right? And we all know he is very terrifying, the Slim Reaper. Yeah. And uh, but I, I mean, at this point, you're looking at Middleton or Giannis having to guard him, and that's going to probably significantly impact their offensive production, which they're probably going to need. Unless I mean, it it it, it will. Could you, do Wes like Ma- Could you do Wes Matthews, though? Could you rotate Wes? Well, I mean, Wes played Katie really well the last time they faced off. Like, there there were some really encouraging Wes Matthews numbers against Kevin Durant last time they played. Sure. I just – there's no way he's playing 40 minutes like P.J. Tucker would and not even – I mean, yeah. the great thing about P.J. was, yes, Durant went off, but P.J. made it very difficult for him. Yep. And P.J. also doesn't need the ball. Yes. So he's not in, in, you know, nor are you going to expect him to provide anything on offense. If he hits a co- couple corner threes, great. But, um, you know, he, he doesn't need the ball. He can, he can spend 100% of his energy on the defensive end. That's just where it, it kind of concerns me that you're going to ask one of your two best players um, to, to guard Kevin Durant for Christ. Steve Nash is playing him 48 minutes. In, in yeah. those games, yeah, the forty-seven and a half. Well, so I, this is the one part. There, there are a few things that I, I'm, I'm wondering about. I wonder, a, can they stay healthy? Right, like yeah. Durant's been on and off hurt all year. Kyrie now will go from playing, you know, every road game, and so he's looked really fresh because he'll play once a week or twice every seven or eight days. So he's like, he's fresh as hell. But now Kyrie's going to play every game. So now it's like, at some, you know, is that going to screw with his body a little bit? Is that going to, maybe it won't. He's a yeah. athlete. I would expect him to be all right, but Kyrie's had some injury issues in the past and he's had trouble staying on the court at times. So I, I do wonder about that. I think it's really great for the Bucks that they will get to play Brooklyn next Thursday night. I think that's next Thursday, 31st TNT game. 
that's like, that's perfect because now you get to face Kyrie, KD, uh, as long and they won't be ducking you. And I hope the Bucks go at full strength. And I think they will. I think part of the reason why guys are getting rest, I think you'll see Holiday, maybe even Middleton tomorrow against the Wizards getting some rest is because these next three games, this road trip is pretty, pretty significant. You know, it's Memphis could be a finals matchup, very much a long shot, but could be. And then you have Philadelphia and then you have Brooklyn. So it's like, you could really do a lot and send a message. Now I'm not saying they should, they can win that. They, they will win every game, but you go two and one against those teams, man. And you do it against the Eastern conference. That's, that's big shit. And then that's kind of like, look out here we come. Yeah. And I mean, regarding your Kyrie hypothesis, I mean, yeah. there's, there, there's something to that. I, I would, I would tend to think he would be more fresh regardless, just because of how little he's, played this season i think he's playing his 20th game tonight as we record this um i guess it's a fair question though that you know having you know it's one thing to look spry when you play when you're playing once a week it's another to play you know 45 minutes or 40 to 45 minutes and you know every other night or every whatever it ends up being every other night um in a just a grueling series it's a fair question i mean you know you, you saw last year with durant playing so much especially the last couple of games of that series mm-hmm. you know he ran out of gas in overtime and yeah. um you know pj finally warmed down it took it took you know yeah seven and a half games right but, exactly but he fi- but, finally warmed down fi- but finally he, got he, it finally got it to him and um yeah i mean it's it's it, it's it's a fair question i know. think um, i think with the durant thing um i i just you know, there are sometimes the philosophy of let a guy score 60 points, I don't care, and then shut everybody else off. And I kind of yeah. think the Bucks can do that. The thing about Brooklyn is they're going to want to get into shootouts. And I think the Bucks can slow it down. I think the Bucks know, like, we don't want to play those games in the 130s. We want to play in 110s, in the 100s. That's what we want to do. And last night against Chicago was the first time they were under a hundred points for the opposition since December, which is, I had no idea. Oh yeah. Did you know no, that? No, I, I'm surprised. That I don't, I didn't know. If you would have told me it wouldn't have happened this year, I would have believed you. Yeah. And so I think they are kind of starting around a little bit into form. And we've said that for a while now, but it's, it was really well, good last night, man. It was really, yeah. it was hard not to get very, like Pat looked great. Um, Brooke was spry again um you know there were some really good west minutes last night too so and on top of Giannis just with a casual 25 and 17 I know uh, the Bulls are really struggling though and and they oh, can't yeah. be good teams and no remember when remember when DeRozan was the MVP for like a for like three days yeah that was fun yeah well that was, what was he four for 15 in the first half or something oh yeah De- DeMar Man. DeMar snap padded with the best of them last night um he got his at the end he ended up with 21 on 23 shots but yeah you look at the standings right now and so yeah you have Cleveland at the six with you have the Raptors one back of them and Brooklyn is three back of Cleveland but the Bulls I mean, are that, go ahead that five through eight is going to be interesting oh yeah um 
It's a force. That, that really could, as, as you alluded to, Brooklyn could get hot here and they could, who knows? I mean, they could get, they could climb up to six. Cleveland just lost to the goddamn Lakers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they've sort of leveled off a little bit since the all-star break. Um, much like the Bulls, Boston is shit pumping Utah as we yep. record this show. So um, they are a wagon. Um, they are. I think they're 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 solidified in the top four. But Toronto, I mean, they're right. not going to be a picnic for anybody. Yeah, and I was I was just about to say, oh yeah, the Hornets have got hot, and then they got beat by a Julius Randle less New York Knicks team by double digits. That's incredible. That's yikes. embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hot yikes. That's a old Bucks pre. Pre Giannis, or well, not pre Giannis, pre Bud. That's uh, a Jason kid. Oh, that Jason is kid a lost. Jason kid special. Also, like I, Mavericks have been pretty good this year. Like, do we have we talked about a world with a Jason kid, Jason kid, Gian, first Giannis finals? Are we? Can we? Is that even on the table, or is that way way far out? I don't even think that would happen. I just. I look at the West and I'm like, okay, Suns, Grizzlies yeah. too young, Warriors just too hurt, Gobert is a sieve, um, just sucks. They they just I don't know. Then I look at the Mavericks. I'm like, yeah, play pretty good defense. They have Luca. Dinwiddie's been really good for them. I don't know. They don't have any size though. That's their problem. They have nobody inside. I mean, Dwight Powell's nice. Kleber's okay. But Boban? they're not – I mean, Boban, come on. <laughs> Boban's doing commercials. Good for Boban, though. Cash, that's a good commercial, too. Um, cash yeah. those checks. I can't uh, – Jason Kidd probably never plays Boban. No. Jason Kidd probably hates Boban. Calls him like a freak show or something. Probably, probably. probably the only guy that's mean to Boban. Bucks and Mavericks, what, next next Sunday? That's a yeah. new – is that the day yeah, we're going a- to – ABC game. Yeah, I think that's the day we're we're driving. Well, I'm driving back. You're flying back, so that sucks. Um, but whatever, you know, life moves on. Speaking of life yeah. moving on, uh, the we'll move on to the Brewers. So the Milwaukee Brewers in spring training can't take too much from spring training. I told that to the podcast listeners this week. It's like you can't get too excited. I figure I have to do that segment every year, mostly for myself. It's like a therapy, right? I'm like. Just tell yourself you can't get too wound up about certain things. And except for Josh Lindblom, who still sucks. Um, but that's here nor there. And so yeah, but there are guys who I feel like you're on a, a quote unquote watch list. Guys who you're like maybe you're like, man, I'm really excited for a season, or gosh, I don't know if he's gonna have the same season, or you know, maybe something I'm not even thinking about. What who who for you? Let's start with hitters. Who, who do you feel like is that guy for the Brewers from a hitting perspective? Uh, I, I, real quick, I didn't realize Josh Lindblom was still on the Brewers. Yeah. He kind of just ruined my day. Sorry. Yeah. Still cashing checks. <laughs> wow. Um, from a hitting perspective, who's the most kind of intriguing guy? Yeah, yeah sure. We can say uh, intriguing. Yeah, let's do it that one. Who's the most intriguing for whatever well, reason? Uh, I mean – Hunter Renfro, maybe just because oh, he's a yeah. new guy, and yeah. um, he's got to replace Avi Garcia's bat in that lineup. 
I think if I'm not mistaken, Renfro had a pretty nice year for the Red Sox last year. And I think he did. Yeah. he's, he's a, um, I don't know if he's a reclamation project. That's probably harsh or a stretch, but he's kind of been traded a lot for some reason, kind of like a Tobias Harris of, of baseball, maybe sure. where it's like, where it's like, this dude's pretty good. You know, he's got some skills. It's all there. He just maybe has to keep it, you know, be consistent enough, string together two good seasons. Um, and I think, you know, he's probably going to have, I would imagine he's going to be as close to an everyday player as the, as the Brewers are going to have. I know right. the outfield is loaded, but yeah, he has between, a fucking between DH, too. Yeah, right. And he's probably not going to DH because of that. Yeah. Um, you'd think it'd be McCutcheon most of the time. Yep. But I, I could be wrong. You know, Craig's no, going to yeah, have a, Craig a, a Craig. Yeah. Craig will Craig. Yeah. He has yeah. a new, he has a new toy to play with. So, yeah. um, he will, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be Keston here a lot or something. And who the hell knows? I got yeah. trying to figure that out. It's going to break my brain probably every day. Um, but uh, outfield, outfield test daddy, um, which should be a fucking ride. They've, they've been doing some outfield stuff with them this year. So wow. that should be, yeah, should be fun. He's getting the, uh, getting the Ricky Weeks treatment. A little bit. Let's see if he's a, a little more uh, receptive to it. <laughs> I think he is. Uh, I think he. I think after having that year last year, he uh, definitely probably is. I. Uh, my answer is Rowdy Telez. Um, okay. I just am curious to see if like he can keep. He can basically take a half of an awesome, awesome second half and turn it into a full season. I mean, we've seen the good of it. I can't think of a, a recent example, but I feel like this happens in baseball a lot, right? Where a guy has an awesome second half and then he's complete shit next year or a guy, you know, just can't seem to, to kind of get that back. And you never sort of have it We're waiting all year for it. And I don't know. I think Rowdy can have a massive year. I mean, you're, you have a short portion in right field. You should, he should be able to hit dingers. I think he has a definite fun attitude. I mean, I don't know if you saw, the hat that he wore to Danny Jansen's wedding that he officiated. But if you're wearing that fucking hat, like you're, you're a guy who knows, knows how to have a little fun. And he was obviously embraced. He was, I would say Bobby Portis light um, for the Brewers with the rowdy chance. Um, definitely got sort of the tailwinds there. So I don't know. I think that I just am curious to see if rowdy can keep it up for an entire season. I'm looking at the hat right now. That's uh, not bad. Not bad no. at all. No. Who do you who do you got for pitchers? Um. Wow. All right, right off the bat, there's a couple here actually. Oh yeah, there's yeah. But it's it's. it's I'll a, go. I'll go Freddie Peralta. I thought you were going to go Hobie Miner. Um. Yeah. No, Freddie Peralta. Oh, Hobie, ahead, Hobie Milner. Miller. Yeah. Um. I'll say Freddie just because. You know, I didn't trust him at any point last season, and I don't know why, but he was actually, you know, really good all year. But um, just see if he can kind of take the next step. Um, he sort of rounded into, you know, solidified a spot in the rotation, and now we'll see if he can if he can hang on to it this year. Kind of like, kind of like Rowdy Telez. I mean, in a way, yeah. just yeah. Are you are you able to now that? you know, hitters and, you know, scouting departments have had a chance to really look at your film and 
you know, will you be able to adjust back? That's yeah. sort of what that's sort of what separates the the good from the great, I suppose, yeah. in, totally. in pro sports. So um, will will Peralta make that next step? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Aaron Ashby. I'm just fascinated to see what Aaron Ashby's role is going to be, whether he's going to get yeah. the starting job, whether he's just going to kind of be this super reliever that they bring in if someone's struggling and it's like, all right, Aaron's working four through seven and just going to be awesome. We've seen the Brewers do this a lot. Um, I think he's great because it's going to keep pressure on Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer. I kind of wondered today out loud because they weren't able to come to an agreement with Hauser from an arbitration. And I was like, would you just trade Hauser, Hauser then if you're far apart, but he has like two more years left of control, which baseball contracts are so ridiculous. We want our ridiculous contracts. Um, so I was like, ah, I probably don't want to trade that. But anyways, I think Ashby's just going to keep the pressure and I think he can be really special. I think he's maybe a year away from like being a full-time starting pitcher, but I think there's a chance, right, where like in July, you and I are just freaking out about Aaron Ashby. Like, I, I think there is a there's a, a real good chance. Way? Yeah, yeah. No, in a good way. Like, we're like, this guy is incredible. This guy is like, the Brewers basically have the fucking 90s Braves and have like four, four Cy Young candidates and maybe not that, not to that extreme or four potential Cy Young candidates. Let's not get crazy. Um, the other, my other vote would have been Jake Cousins just because I think Jake Cousins is good. Like, I mean, again, that's a Rowdy Telez Peralta. Like, are we sure? Is this one year yeah. or are you? It's and it's without with every reliever, right? Like, right. O- right. Oxberger could be complete trash this year, and he was really good last year. And I was happy that he was brought back, but like, you never know, right? Well, and, when, when you said when you said you know, look at an example of a guy who has a big second half and stuff, I was thinking like. You know, you can throw a throw a dartboard at at relievers in baseball. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, you can definitely find an example there. I, I would say for an honorable mention, Devin Williams, just because. Yeah. With the way the kind of the you know just the way that that his season ended last year, um, in kind of bizarre fashion, and how will the clubhouse react? I guess. Um, that sort of that that gave the team some weird vibes heading into the postseason for sure, and yeah. you know there was certainly some talk about you know how will the the clubhouse respond to this heading into the postseason, and um, you know I guess he's got to kind of have we'll see if he can get that sort of weight off his shoulders. Yeah, you know, going yeah, into that. the season because as a setup man and you know a high leverage reliever, I feel like it's a lot of mental and. Um, you know, if you're not confident or whatever, you know, shit can go south pretty quick. Yeah, so. you're gonna and you're gonna be in Chicago for the first weekend, right? So you're gonna hear it. Like you're gonna hear it from Cubs fans. They're gonna be in your ass and they're gonna remind you they won't forget. And if the weather as if the weather cooperates, which who knows, April, but if it cooperates, you're gonna have a bunch of Cubs fans and you're gonna have a lot of them just chirping at you. So you gotta drown out the noise. So yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. I definitely definitely someone I thought about because it's yeah, it could be a, a real interesting year for Dev. So we'll see. All right. Anything you else got, for the people? Oh, what was that? Ethan Small as well. Uh, oh yeah. The, uh, kind of on the um in the pipeline, so to speak. I think he you may see him in, in the big leagues this year, I would think. 
Oh yeah. Um, just with the way that they use their, he's not even on the forty man though. But yeah, that can they, be yeah, that, that can be worked around. Change. Yeah, yeah. You could have JC Mejia just be trash for the first uh, month of the season, and then they get rid of him. You know, that's that that happens a lot. So we'll we'll yeah we'll see. You know, I I think Ethan Small is definitely another one to consider. Well, excited for baseball, man. I'm excited for baseball to get started. It sucks that it'll be a week late. Um, probably could use baseball on the 31st just with, you know, basketball winding down, but it'll be all right. We'll survive. We'll be, we'll be okay. Uh, let me ask you. So you're, you're showing out March Madness. You're 11th right now. I think you might have a chance for the most points in, in tapping the keg madness. Where are yeah, you at? Are um, you just taking it day by day? Like this, yeah. I know you had one good year. I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2018, but you did have a good bracket year. So I mean, credit to you. Showing out did much better than my ass. I don't know. I mean, well, you know, you can certainly complain about some things. You know, the Badgers puking on their shoes really, really fucked me. Um, I'd really be sitting pretty right now. They wouldn't have yeah. done that. But the way I look at that too is a lot of people probably had the Badgers going going some distance. Yeah. So it kind of evens out. Um, unfortunately, I picked the wrong seven ten, wrong side of the seven ten out of the USC Miami game to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. But but if in that situation you want Miami to win, if you I mean because that right. takes Auburn out. Yeah. And. and- Shannon did that too. He actually had Miami and I was like, God, I was such a pussy. Cause I, I looked at that and I was like, I don't trust Auburn. And, and then like, I don't know, I got, I have to just like, I just have to make a bracket on Monday and just completely like not think about it afterwards. Like I just have to rush, do a bracket and then be like, that's it. Because I just overthink to the high heavens. Cause I did this yeah. whole thing about like, Momentum doesn't matter. Auburn's extremely talented. And then I forgot that like they have just some of the worst guards in basketball and it's just not going to work. So. Yeah. Well, and, and it for me, it's, you know, I don't follow college basketball as much as I used to. And some years that shows other years, you know, and the problem for someone like me is like, you might watch um, a game worth, you know, you, you might sniff around a little bit on a Saturday afternoon or something with right. a random like Alabama and Tennessee game or something on ESPN. And you, you, you might fall in love with the team just by watching them once or twice. But I mean, I thought USC was pretty good um, watching them, but you know, it, it's so fucking hard. I oh mean, yeah. I know. Like I, like I look at Arizona and Houston, which I think they're playing tonight. I, like, I think Houston, my heart tells me Houston's going to win. Or my head tells me Houston's going to win. My heart's like, I want Arizona to continue. Arizona's so much more exciting than Houston. And I don't want Houston to win. But I, like, I don't know, man. They gave up so many offensive rebounds. I mean, they do have some size. Who knows? But, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, let me ask you, would you rather Duke go out tonight against Texas Tech or would you prefer Duke to be them against Gonzaga Saturday night, like all time, like must watch college basketball game? Hmm. Well, I have Texas Tech beating Duke. Yes. So as do I. If we take the 
take that out. Take that, out of it. take that out of it. Take that out of it. Just, just like you are right. You are right that that Mark Few against Coach K would be pretty awesome. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, that would the ratings would be unbelievable. That would be, that's like as big of a college basketball game. I'd have to look like it would. There, it'd be really hard to think of like a game that have that much significance with it in, in a long time. Just with all the stuff with Coach K. And the fucked up thing is, I think Duke would win that game. Yeah, I, I kind of do too. I mean, they won the first time they played. I mean, they it was and it was an amazing game. That's I think oh, that's yeah. the other part of it, right? Like that was as good of a November basketball game college wise as you're gonna see. So yeah, that was. That was – I pretty much watched that entire game. And, yeah. you know, that's not – you know, I, I will say that, again, having drifted away from college basketball toward the pro the pro product, yeah, I've watched a ton of college basketball, in the la- you know, last weekend, and it was just like, God, a lot of these guys are just so bad. Yeah. And, and yes, the defensive intensity is, is at 110 all the time, but – there's just, I, I don't even know. It's like, does it make you appreciate I, NBA refs with how bad the refs are? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the reviewing stuff is, is pretty brutal in a tournament. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, again, you know, the networks don't mind it because it, you know, no. you can sneak another commercial in at, yeah. a, at a high leverage situation. Yeah, here, and, here's a commercial break from our friends at Coke Zero. Is it the real and it gets it, it gets the gets the Twitter conversation fired up. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of like for little littlest shit too. So it's oh yeah, it's, and I can't I can't believe one of the guys who was doing the Baylor North Carolina game gets to work this weekend. I mean, that's I mean, come on, like of all the games that you advance somebody for good performance, you do Baylor North Carolina. Unbelievable. Uh, also unbelievable is the. Uh, uh, what was it? They they asked like the head of officials. I think the uh, athletic did. We're like, how? Like, what do you think about everybody being critical? And they were like, well, our game's just gotten real physical. Love it. Like that's such a such a fucking rough comment. Surprise! <laughs> surprise! Joe West doesn't come out in defense of the college basketball officials wearing armbands and everything like that. Maybe a song tribute song to the college ref. Um, <laughs> it it really is rest against the world though oh, so, I, I mean <laughs> there, there is no I mean outside of like the armed forces and in our, in our across the country I'm not sure there's a a better brotherhood than a, a more a tighter bond than officials oh man no you're right I I, I got I mean that's good that, yeah, that's that's a drop the mic moment. That's a, a great way to take us out, take us into the second weekend of March Madness. So we'll be back next week. We'll uh, bemoan about how we won't be able to watch Final Four. Um, we'll talk about uh, a variety of things. I'm sure more Bucks topics. Uh, we'll get ready probably for Bucks Nets um, and talk about Bucks Sixers and who knows what else happens in the NFL. And anywhere in the wide world of of uh, Wisconsin sports, I'll be back tomorrow with the Daily Tap. Might be doing Mitch on Friday. Uh, the top five Will Smith movies for Chuck's Corner because Will Smith might win an Oscar this year. 
So I feel like, and I just, I had Independence Day was on while I was, while I was running today. So I, I was watching that, which forget how intense that scene when they just blow up everything in, in America, just send everything just with one big ass laser, but that's just here nor there. I assume he's, he's nominated for King Richard. He is. Yes. Which is a tremendous movie. So, um, it's one of the, it, the only new movie I've watched in probably five years. I was just about to say, look at movie Mitch. Mitch at the movies. That sounds like a fucking segment right there. It sounds well, like I watched, a, I watched it on when it was it was yeah, uh, it was HBO on HBO Max. Max when it came out. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah there um, you go. I, and 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 I did watch the Mortal Kombat movie when that came out. The, the newer one. I don't. God, that was probably a year ago. Almost. I don't think that got any Oscar Oscar buzz. No, 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 no. I wouldn't <laughs> expect it to. So. Oh, uh, man. Well, we will uh, we'll talk next week, bud. Uh, for everybody else, we'll talk tomorrow. Take care, guys. See you. See you.